All right, news roundup, information overload, hour 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Democrats now are trying to push through, ram through, using the reconciliation process. By the way, they want to include amnesty in this, separate and apart. Uh, what is completely, utterly reckless, irresponsible spending that runs the risk of bankrupting this country. That's how high the, the dollar figure is. All in the name of this new Green Deal socialism, it's and 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 the left is fighting hard. AOC is taking on Joe Manchin. Bernie Sanders taking on Joe Manchin. Because Joe Manchin has expressed publicly, no, I'm not going to support the three and a half trillion, which added to the one point two trillion, which added to the six hundred billion. You know, it's over five trillion dollars, and the amount of debt they're going to take on over the years, it is staggering. Now, there's some talk that they are now losing votes because the public is speaking, but there's a lot of infighting in the Democratic Party. I mentioned earlier today, the City Department of Education in New York is paying $42,700 per child in education with some of the worst results in the entire country. Why would we trust the people that can't keep you safe and secure, don't, don't support law and order, the same people that have ruined your public schools, the same people that promised you you'd keep your doctor plan and pay less, and all, none of those promises were upheld. Uh, the same people that would put Social Security money and Medicare money in a lockbox. Why would you support them to offer all the free stuff in the Green New Deal? Anyway, here's Bernie Sanders all pissed off this weekend. Joe Manchin just explicitly told me repeatedly he will not support your $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. He wants to see something more in the ballpark of $1.5 trillion. Is that acceptable to you? No, it is absolutely not acceptable to me. I don't think it's acceptable to the president, to the American people, or to the overwhelming majority of the people in the Democratic caucus. I believe we're going to all sit down and work together and come up with a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, which deals with the enormously unmet needs of working families. And the truth of the matter is, Dana, as you may know, Many of us made a major compromise in going from the $6 trillion uh, bill that we wanted, supported by the overwhelming majority of Democrats, down to 3.5. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that includes $3 trillion in new taxes. The corporate rate, corporations I've mentioned many times, they don't pay taxes. They either pay their employees less, and they always charge more for whatever goods or services they're providing. So you will bear the cost of that. Uh, the top rate for individuals, okay, we're going to redistribute wealth. Well, wealthy people are smart, and they're going to take their money elsewhere. Uh, they're going to raise the capital gains rate to nearly 30%. And at the end of the day, we already see you're paying the price for Joe's policies. Record inflation. Gas prices now up about $1.40 a gallon since Joe Biden gave up energy independence. Uh, for all the illegal immigrants, the hundreds of thousands every month across the border or processed across the border, uh, we're paying for their health care, their education, and even their shelter and, and very basic every need that they have because Joe made no provisions. They're just giving basically a choice of what state people want to go to and dispersing people around the country. Anyway, what does this mean for the Republicans and what should their strategy be? Newt Gingrich, the greatest strategist, one of the greatest strategists in the conservative movement now for decades, I think has the answer. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. And, and uh, I think he sort of captured. When I saw 
the Chairman of Ways and Means, Richard Neal, talk about a $3 trillion tax increase and then say he was going to deliberately keep it hidden so opposition couldn't build against it. And he compared it to, which I thought was just totally weird, but he compared it to uh, not telling your bride-to-be anything about certain conditions as you walk down the aisle. <laughs> he said, you know, when we finally get to the altar, I'll tell you what's in it. And I just thought that was about as weird a uh, parallel as I could imagine. But uh, they, they have a problem. But, but here's the key to it, and I think this is the key for Republicans and for conservatives. Well, we did a fair amount of polling work, and it turns out that uh, free market capitalism beats big government socialism by about 59 to 16. Now, that's not the New York Times, Washington Post, Bernie Sanders world, but if you go to the American people, literally, they favor free market capitalism over big government socialism by 59 to 16. You already have every single Democrat, including Manchin, voting for the initial bill that would spend $3.5 trillion that was written by Bernie Sanders. So it's fair to say it's a socialist bill since Bernie wrote it. And I'm trying to get Republicans and conservatives to understand if they will just accurately define this bill as a big government socialist bill, they'll kill it. Because in the country at large, there's no support or 16% support for uh, some kind of big government socialism. People know it doesn't work by definition. So you've got Manchin and you've got cinema. The question is, will they hold the line? Because you and I both know how that swamp works. The amount of pressure yeah. behind the scenes being brought to bear, the amount of arm twisting, the amount of, well, what what do you need, Joe? What, what, what could help you support this bill in West Virginia? What if we did this for West Virginia, for example? You and I both know that happens every day in that swamp. Well, but I think it's actually going to go in the opposite direction. As, as for example, uh, senators who have large rural areas begin to realize that among the tax increases, there's one that destroys family farms, just absolutely requires the families to sell the, the farm when, when the owner passes away, because they'll never be able to meet the tax. This is the generational the skip provision in the, in the inheritance tax. Right. And, and, what, and what they've done is they've, they've changed it so you'd go back to the original basis to pay the, the taxes. And it would just crush family farms. Well, you're seeing a Democrat in Montana, you know, uh, people who like, you know, Mark Kelly running in Arizona. I mean, people who have any significant rural areas are suddenly going to realize this may not be a bill they can vote for and survive. And you go through tax increase after tax increase after tax increase. But there's also this general sense that the American people have that inflation is beginning to really rise and that voting for a $3.5 trillion big government socialist bill means that, in fact, you're going to increase the rate of inflation. So, I mean, the Democrats, I think, have now walked themselves out on a limb. Uh, they live in an alternative universe that doesn't exist. And I think that the bill is actually going to start losing momentum, not gaining it. Uh, and uh, I agree I with you, I, and I think we're seeing it. it unfold now. Um, let me go to last week and Joe Biden's speech about vaccinations uh, and mandating vaccinations. And I'm thinking we've now been watching the entire year around 200,000 illegal immigrants not get stopped at all, but processed at the border. And they're all allowed in as he abandoned the stay of Mexico policy, building the wall. It's not even catch and release. It's process and release in the middle of a pandemic, overcrowded cages that Joe built. 
and then dispersing the illegal immigrants in the dark of the night all over the country with no mandated vaccine and, and in most cases not even a, a covid test with a high rate of covid positivity how do you juxtapose how do you juxtapose that position with the position and the burdens that he's now trying to impose on the American people? Well, I mean, first of all, what he tried to do, and I thought his speech was that of kind of a petulant old man uh, who's lecturing the rest of us, you know. Uh, his policies are failing because we are not being good. Sounded like Jimmy Carter's Malay speech to me. But in addition, it's all phony politics. He promptly turns around and says, oh, and by the way, the uh, postal union doesn't have to do this. So you're going to have 680,000 postal workers who don't have to get vaccinated, who, of course, visit every single house in America. Uh, then you have, as you correctly point out, all the illegal immigrants who are not tested, are not necessarily vaccinated. And you strike on down this list and you realize this is all just baloney and it's unconstitutional. The President of the United States does not have the power to reach out to private businesses and dictate that they're going to require their employees to, to uh, get vaccinated. And by the way, it's causing real chaos. I mean, there are hospitals now that have lost so many nurses that they've given up all delivering babies because they don't have enough nurses to take care of them. Uh, I mean, the, 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 co the cost of Bidenism, which is a combination, as Ted Cruz put it, of, of McGovern's radicalism and Carter's incompetence, uh, the cost of Bidenism is going to be very high. And he's wrong, and the Supreme Court, I'm sure, is going to say that he doesn't have the power to do this. Quick break. More with uh, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Then your call's coming up, final half hour. Also, John Andrasik will join us with Five for Fighting. His new song is out, Blood on My Hands. We have, let's just say, the Hannity version of it that you're going to like. Listening to the Sean Hannity Show. Now, now broadcasting on 650 radio stations across the USA. Sean Hannity. All right, as we continue, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich with us. I can't, Mr. Speaker, identify a single policy of his that's worked. I don't care if it's the border. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's energy, you, you know, t taxes, inflation, we the gasoline prices, heating and cooling your home. I can't think of a worse debacle, though. You know, I, I keep showing this map on Hannity, and that is the time in which they had, long before the Taliban ever got near Kabul, to either to a push the Taliban back because the Afghan army that Joe was bragging about in in July had already taken over 60 percent of the country. Um, put, he never lifted a finger to push him back. He never expedited the withdrawal. We could have gotten easily every American home safely, every Afghan ally and interpreter home or, or, or out of there safely and and gotten all our military equipment out of there safely or, or if we were going to leave it could have destroyed it or we could have given it to the resistance in the north none of which we did and i well, you know you, 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 you had two remarkable interviews with president trump on your tv show and uh it was very clear that the dramatic difference between the toughness with which he approached the taliban and this surrender to the terrorists that we've been living through it's astonishing how different it is and I, I think, think in your lifetime as a historian, well. though, we abandon Americans behind enemy lines. 
No, there's, I know of no occasion where we've had this kind of, of uh, gutless, cowardly leadership or lack of leadership. And you listen to people like Anthony Blinken, and you just wonder how, how can he be the American Secretary of State uh, because he's so clearly out of touch with reality. He makes Neville Chamberlain almost seem like a genius. Um, That's right. We now have Americans. They can't even to this day. It's day 30. Americans now held behind enemy lines hostage to the whims of a terrorist organization, the Taliban. We have, a, we have an actual picture and video of somebody being beheaded. We have video images of women being beaten. We know the Taliban's been going door to door. The guy that was beheaded was an ally of the United States. At the bottom of this half hour, I'm going to play a song by John Andrasik. He wrote Blood on My Hands, and, and that's ex all of this was preventable, Mr. Speaker. Because as they were on the march in April and May and June and July, we saw them, you know, rolling over the Afghan military that Joe Biden was bragging about. Why didn't we why didn't we move when we had control of Kabul? Well, look, I, I think this this is an administration that is so out of touch with reality that I think they were just sitting around. They had in their own minds a model of how they thought it would work. And they changed information to fit their model. And, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, if you, if you start with the idea, we're, we're going to have the Taliban as our ally. I mean, when, when I heard the general who's in charge of the Central Command explaining how we were cooperating with the Taliban and they were really very efficient and they were being, you know, uh, they, they were keeping their word, I thought, no, no wonder we lost. I mean, these, these guys are terrorists. They have a very specific goal, which is to destroy the West of which we are, of course, the biggest country. And well, you know, yeah, well, but I got to interrupt. You know what they said at the Biden administration? There's, oh, no, no, the Taliban have been very businesslike and professional. Oh, they're very professional oh, at severing heads, apparently. I know. Can, can you can you imagine uh, the the advertising that the Biden administration has now done for the Taliban worldwide? First of all, they gave them eighty five billion dollars of weapons, which makes them the largest provider of weapons for terrorism on the planet. And those weapons are going to show up in Nigeria and they're going to show up in Somalia and in Indonesia and in the Philippines. So, I mean, Biden really has, in that sense, empowered them. And now we've given them sort of a, a seal of, of, of adequacy, you know. Of course you can deal with the Taliban. Here's what the Biden administration said about them. It's just crazy. Yeah, never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. Do you see any options? Because I don't see any good options. Joe Biden is claiming that we have all the leverage. I don't see America as any leverage. I see the Taliban as no. all of it. Well, I mean, first of all, as long as Joe Biden is president, uh, and it would be even worse with Kamala Harris, who's even more out of touch with reality, uh, as long as Biden is president, uh, the country's in trouble and, and freedom is in trouble. And we just have to understand that we have to win the elections next year and we have to uh, prepare to win in 24. And in the American system, that's reality. We simply have to do it. Mr. Speaker, I hope people are paying attention because you have just laid out the roadmap to victory in 2022 and 2024. Well, I think I have. And now we got to get Republicans to learn how to read the roadmap. OK, never underestimate some weak Republicans ability <laughs> to fail and not rise to the occasion. 800-941-SHAWN, our toll free telephone number. When we come back, new song we're going to play for you, Blood on My Hands, John Andrasik. That's uh, all coming up straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SHAWN is our toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. I've had the honor of being friends 
with John Andrasik of uh, Five for Fighting fame, Superman, 100 years, you name it. I mean, he's such a good guy. I've known him for many, 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 many years. And he has a passion for the country. He's not political, a passion for the country and the direction of the country. Uh, and he's obviously a phenomenal uh, recording artist. And, I mean, just an amazing guy and a fun person to hang out with on top of everything else. He's got the whole thing going. He's now recorded a new song. It's called Blood on My Hands. And, you know, with it, he put out a statement. And I want to read some of it to you, if you don't mind, because I think it's too important to ignore. He says, like all Americans, I was stunned and horrified at the images of falling bodies from planes and mothers handing their babies over walls. Actually, we're doing more than that. They're actually throwing their kids over the wall with razor wire on top in some instances because they knew their kids growing up, especially daughters in Afghanistan, would be hell on earth. And they didn't want their kids to be living in that hellhole. Anyway, he said, you know, we watched this happening and terrified Afghans being crushed to death at checkpoints due to our precipitous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And he goes on, I felt great sadness when reading a story about a popular folk singer that was being dragged uh, from his home and shot by the Taliban. I'm deeply troubled by the plight of Afghan women forced to live under the return of Taliban rule. The only thing worse than never having freedom is having it taken away. Though I believe the decision to withdraw or not from Afghanistan has good arguments on both sides, I cannot comp comprehend why the Biden administration would not extend the August 31st deadline, thus leaving American citizens, SIV holders, Afghan allies behind a terrorist Taliban regime. And as a lifelong supporter of our military, I believe that no man left behind applied to all Americans as well as those that we promised to protect. It's very powerful, the statement. On the day 13 of our soldiers and over 60 Afghans were killed by a suicide bomber, I sat down to write this song. After our last soldier left Afghanistan, I received a call from a friend organizing rescue evacuations of Americans and SIV holders. It was a highly emotional call and a moment of clarity. Private citizens now had the burden of risking their lives to rescue Americans and Afghan allies that our government left behind. America has broken her promise, but these brave Americans have not. So powerful. I was ashamed and angered when President Biden gave his statement that the Afghanistan exit had been, quote, an extraordinary success. Further consternation arose while hearing military leaders such as uh, Secretary of Defense Austin, General Milley and Secretary of State Blinken echo the same false narrative. Those who have followed my career know I have uh, a history of calling out both sides. I understand that some people might perceive this song as a political attack on President Biden and his administration. I understand that might come my way from those who uh, seek to cancel and destroy people that they disagree with. If Donald Trump were president and he put us in the same situation, I believe in my heart the song would remain the same. Only the names would change. America was built on the foundational freedom to criticize one's leaders and hold them accountable. It's what separates us from our communist and dictatorship ab adversaries and why we're the light of the world. And by the way, he goes on, he says, how else can a nation learn from the mistakes and make better decisions moving forward? 
There's a great tradition of artists speaking their minds and calling out their leaders for answers. Many of those have been uh, many of those have been influence and are inspirations to me. After hearing Blood on My Hands, a friend said he found the song to be politically neutral, but morally forward. My hope is this song helps demand accountability so the American promise is never again forsaken. Now, we're going to put up the whole song. It's, there's a video accompanying it. I don't want to tell you anything about it, but it's a powerful video. And with John's permission, we just added our own little version. We're going to put both of them up on Hannity.com, and John's going to join us in a second. Here is uh, our version with a little bit of tape added. Got blood on my hands. I just found out that the last flight is gone. Got blood on my hands. American will have signed our death sentence. And I don't understand. This is not comforting at all because we don't know if we're going to make it out. What's happening? The extraordinary success of this mission. There's blood on these hands. 13 Americans killed, 95 Afghans killed. And still Americans. Nobody predicted, you know, the government would fall in 11 days. Left her the Taliban. Am I safe? Now the question is my life. Am I safe? Are these people are safe? Winking, blinking, can't you look me in the eyes? Willie, tell me, when did you decide this will defend your sacred motto? Now means never mind. If there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. We put the whole version on Hannity.com. Uh, We're going to show you the musical version on, on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. And just to echo his uh, John's remarks before we introduce him, Taliban was out there this weekend. weekend. What were they doing? They were parading the severed heads of a U.S. ally in Afghanistan. Big smiles on their face. Taliban death squads torture counterterrorism agent before killing him. New York Times, Washington Post, Biden administration botched retaliatory drone strike in response to the Marine massacre in Kabul. In other words, it's not what they told us it was. You should see the the grisly videos that are out there. Already women can study in gender segregated universities. That won't last because under the past regime of the Taliban, we know that women couldn't go to work and couldn't go to school. And often young girls are ripped away from their mothers and fathers and then are forced to marry Taliban fighters or become their sex slaves. The pet Taliban this weekend tracked down and killed four Afghan counterterrorism uh, agents. In one case, pulling out their fingernails. Shall I keep going? Blood on my hands. John Androsik of Five for Fighting fame. Sir, I, I did a focus group this weekend. I showed everybody. The video after you sent it to me, everybody and everybody just just watched in stunned silence. Amazing, powerful song. I think your statement speaks for itself, but I'd like to hear more from you. 
Well, Sean, I wish we could be chatting under better circumstances, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, just to to continue with uh, what you were just mentioning, I, my voice is a little shaken. I, I just literally, before you guys called, got off the phone with a friend who was involved in the efforts on the ground in Afghanistan, uh, the person you mentioned that kind of helped inspire the song. And this person was telling me, and I have to be careful how I say this, um, because, you know, things are still ongoing. We don't want to tip off the bad guys. But there are nightmarish atrocities happening, uh, mostly to women and children as we speak. And uh, to hear the details that will come out eventually uh, just breaks your heart. Um, and beyond that, you know, uh, they said, there's, you know, there's still over 100 a- AMSITs, and they call them LPRs. I'm learning all these <laughs> acronyms, uh, uh, legal permanent residents, you know, that they have on their manifest, over 500 SIV holders, 3,000 Afghan allies who helped us that are still there in safe houses, that they're, you know, bribing Taliban to, uh, to frankly, not kill. And uh, I, I just don't know what to say. Um, that's probably why I wrote the song. Uh, I, I can't believe it. Um, it's shocking. As you said, to me, this is a moral issue. This is not a political issue. Uh, I would hope that if the situation was the same under a Republican president, that we would all have the same um, questions. And uh, I'm just asking questions because this song is about two things. It's about the American promise, which matters. No Man Left Behind matters. Our word, our word to the world matters, and about accountability. Because if we don't have accountability, why would we not make the mistake before? And as you said, you know, the president looked us in the eye. He said no Americans will be left behind. Americans were left behind, and nobody has resigned. Nobody has been fired. And if that is our leadership, it scares me with the next foreign policy crisis, which frankly is much more existential existentially dangerous than Afghanistan, you know, China, Russia. So, uh, I, I, again, I don't have words. <laughs> I'm just hoping that people keep this in front of them because it's our nature to just dismiss and move on to the next thing. But literally today I'm hearing of children hiding because the Taliban's after them. And that's not America. That's not who we are. We put them in this position. It's our job to, to help them. They put their lives in our hands. It's the saddest thing to me, because I never thought I'd see this, John. And here's the worst part to me. All of this was preventable. Uh, I, I don't know how often you watch the TV show. Uh, we've been friends a long time. As I've had a friend or two occasionally push me back and say, you know, my whole life doesn't revolve around your shows. i got to work, too. Um, but I've been showing this map of, okay, what it, the Taliban on the march since February, March, April, May, June. July. By July, Joe's bragging about the Afghan army and, you know, some of the best training in the world. But they were getting rolled by the Taliban that had 60 percent of the country. He could have gotten us out early. He could have pushed them back with drone strikes like Trump would have done on day one. And it's all preventable. You can't screw it up any worse than this, John. Uh, and, And that's the frustrating thing. And let me tell you something. This beheading, these murders this weekend... The rights taken away from women, mark my words, it's only the beginning of the hell that is going uh, that will be unleashed in that country. 
I'll give you the last word, my friend. We got it all on Hannity.com. No, I think you're right, but I still think there's time. That's why, you know, we should still be talking. There's still ways that we can improve the situation. We are America, okay? We are the USA. We don't take terms from the Taliban. There's you know what the problem is, John? They've got, Joe says, we have the leverage. No, they have the leverage. You know what they've got? They got our fellow citizens. If we engage them militarily now, they will die for sure. We're left with bribery, ransom, and kissing their ass. That's the only three options I see. Well, some of our patriotic friends are on the ground. Uh, I know all about it. To make sure that doesn't happen. But, again, I, I think, uh, again, I think we as a country have to look at these through a moral lens, not a political one. We have to hold people accountable. It certainly was preventable. And, I, you know, I believe if the administration would have come out early and said, look, we made a mistake. We didn't realize this was going to happen, the army was going to fall, that they were going to move this fast. But we understand our mistake. We're going to change course. We're going to take action to get our people out. We're going to extend the deadline. I think we may not have liked it, but we would have understood. But they did not do that. They called it an extraordinary success. And I think all of us are looking at them, particularly General Milley and Austin, because we expect them to be the adults in the room, asking how could this happen, what's happened. It should have been. You know, I want to say one thing. I said to John this weekend, or last, late last week when I talked to him, um, you know they're going to be coming after you with a vengeance on this. And he said, there are, Sean, there are fellow Americans' lives in jeopardy. And it, it just, the consequence, you, you just brushed it off like, I don't care. I'm standing up for what I believe in. Um, John Androsik, uh, and we have Blood on My Hands, the full video, unedited by us. And then we put in our, our, our edited version that has some sound in it. Uh, we'll air it uh, tonight on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Uh, thank you for sharing it with us, and I hope it gets people to think and to really understand how awful this is and how this can never happen again. John, you're a good friend. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Loaded up tonight, uh, Hannity, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. We have Governor Greg Abbott will join us. Kaylee McEnany, Mike Huckabee will join us. Oh, Congressman Issa. He says, no, there's closer to 500 Americans. You include their families, and it's more like 1,000. Leo 2.0, Terrell, Dave Rubin, Rick uh, Grinnell, and much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for being with us. Back here tomorrow. And, yes, thank you. You make this show possible.